I don't know how to quit you. Which is why we're back with season two of the game, Eric Yoga and Erotic Cooking Association. I'm Nato Kitch. Tonight is Brokeback Mountain, and joining me are two lovely sheep herders on neighboring mountains. First up, you might have heard of her. It's Amelia. Hi there, my name is Amelia, and let me just say that uh, I love my weekend wedding getaways with my definitely non-sexual and definitely not gay best friend. All the way up to the Gap Canyon Mountain. <laughs> Gap <where> we... Canyon. <laughs> <laughs> where we like to uh, sit in our cabin and just eat and pray and love and, and explore you know, each other's river valleys. Explore each other's river valleys. <laughs> It gets a little, a little moist sometimes, though, so make sure to bring your raincoat. And I can be found with the nefarious navigator. <laughs> Next up, they're a bleeding heart liberal. It's Ro. Hi, I'm Ro. And when I'm not recording my podcast with my friends, you can find me with my... <laughs> with my non-sexual life partner up on an actual mountain in Colorado. Nipple Mountain. It's real. I checked. Forgot about Nipple Mountain. Does it have ridges? It has a nipple. You like those pointy peaks, huh? <laughs> Baby. <laughs> Thank you, Sheep in the Big City, for the uh, puns that I stole. Um, I, I think we're all in agreement that this might be the most famous gay movie ever made up there with Call Me By Your Name, Love, Simon, and every single Jeff London film. Um, and like many popular things out there, this is a pretty, comma, boring movie. Uh, so spoilers are ahead. Here we go. So the Joker and Spider-Man are cowboys who get out to watch sheep and end up having this gay sex with each other, falling in love and then trying to suppress their feelings by looking for heterosexual relationships that do nothing but make them miserable and yearn for each other even more. Not even Anne Hathaway's perfect and magical nipples can erase the blonde embrace of Heath Ledger for Donnie Darko. But by the time the blonde Adonis realizes and embraces his true feelings, all that's left of his love is his Stepford wife. That's that's a reference to Tobey Maguire's movies. Um, one of the two main actors from Brothers' parents let Ledger take a shirt, and the movie ends with Ledger encouraging his oldest daughter to chase after love instead of settling. So, um, I kind of suck at being impartial with some movies and this movie's just this movie is dull to me so much so that i did dishes for a third of it and i still had longer notes than either of my co-hosts <laughs> this and they can attest to this yeah, <laughs> yeah nato wrote a novel on this movie <laughs> uh it's, this, it's longer than the short this story movie is a mood piece and that mood is unhappy yes accurate there's there's not a happy character in this movie ever um including 
um, I don't know, including anybody. <laughs> Heath Ledger is unhappy. Jake Gyllenhaal is unhappy and on cocaine for some reason. <laughs> um, the wives of, are obviously unhappy. Um, Heath Ledger's daughters um, are trying to be happy, but for the life of them, just can't Women manage it. Women in the 60s? Just... <laughs> Women in the 60s enforce marriages unhappy? What are you talking Look, about? Look, all I know is that the divorce rates were way lower back in those days. And so... they both still managed to get divorced. <laughs> Actually, no, no I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal never yeah. got divorced, did he? he just, <laughs> no, he just he dies. Just, no. He dumped himself <laughs> with the tire. Did he, though? Okay, I guess we could probably talk I about was... that later. I, I was a little confused about that end, that story part. I, mm, uh, no, let's talk about it yeah. now. Um, I... Jake Gyllenhaal's character is either killed off by gay bashing or he's killed off by accidentally having a car fall on him. Yeah. You know, I, I think I, the, the explanation they gave was that a tire exploded and he got domed by a hubcap. Yeah. And so I love Anne Hathaway. Like, you know, she's great. But that particular scene, I found her acting very confusing. Because I wasn't really sure if, like, she was telling a fake story of what happened because she didn't like what actually happened, you know, and, like, the reality of her husband being gay. I wasn't sure if she was accepting of, like, everything. I wasn't sure if, like, the tire story was actually what happened and, like, Heath Ledger was just imagining that it was, like, a hate crime. Like, I just, I found the way she acted that out very confusing for myself. I think that's probably on purpose because the, the whole gay bashing thing is a huge undertone in this movie. And Ledger was one of the people who brought up like experiencing the aftermath of a gay bashing. So the way that I interpret it was Heath Ledger sort of interpreting the events more towards his own trauma than what probably actually happened. The weird thing to me was, okay, I call. I'm gonna. We're gonna. We're gonna role play. Millie and I are really good at this. Uh, don't ask why. Um, <laughs> so, so I call up Amelia. I'm like, hey, Amelia, how's it going? So, um, I heard Roe died. Uh, and no, for. For full disclosure, Roe has not died. I'm still here. Speaking to a ghost. (laughs) (laughs) But but for for the role play, Roe is dead. So I ask Amelia, like, "Hey, what happened to Roe?" And so Amelia goes into this like ten minute long, extremely detailed uh, take of events of like the gruesome death of one of my good friends, Roe. And it just seems like, why would you go into such detail with someone unless you are intentionally doing it to torture them? Uh... Which is what I think she was doing. I think she, I think Anne Hathaway is smart, obviously. I think Anne Hathaway is perfect. She is probably up there on my list of, you know, favorite gay icons uh, that are not gay. Um, 
you know, up there with Cher in them. Yeah, she um, dreamed a dream and I think... time gone by. And time gone by means 2012 <laughs> when they released Les Mis. <laughs> I honestly think that, like, Anne Hathaway's character was uh, expanding on a simple accident to try and torture someone she knew uh, her partner loved more than her. Gotcha. Yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. So, and then, like, Heath Ledger's character, Ennis, uh, was just interpreting what she was saying through his sort of own lens. Right, because it's uh, like... I have not read the short she, story. She almost had <laughs> no emotion during that entire phone call until the very end when they started talking about what was happening with his remains, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She really just went through that whole tire explosion story with like the straightest of face and the deadest of pan you know what i mean (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) which is kind of sad because like i know ledger gets a lot of credit for this movie as you know he should i think he played a very competent and memorable character but like anne hathaway stole the show like at every scene she was in for me i like the the dancing scene for example like stood out to me because like it takes an extremely talented actress or even actor to say fuck you in so many ways with just their face yeah right i feel like the the credit that Heath Ledger got for this movie is very deserved. Like, I feel like this whole movie had a very sort of introspective feeling to it. And a lot of that had to do with Heath Ledger's performance. Obviously, Ennis Del Mar is a man of, like, very few words. And when he has something to say or when somebody has something to say to him and they say it outright, it kind of is, like, jarring and shocking. Like, the scene when Jack um, he says something like, sometimes I miss you so much I don't know what to do with myself or it hurts or something like that. And... I feel like those moments where the characters are really like speaking their heart and actually saying what's on their mind are so few and far between in this movie that when they happen, you're it's like being jolted awake by a by a loud noise or something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, 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 I actually think one of the biggest strengths of this movie is besides like the first oh what do you want to call it like three course meal that we go through with them out uh sheep herding I think this movie is really smart for showing um them apart and sort of what they go through when they're apart from each other uh, as far as emotionally as far as trying to move on and not being able to 
um, and how that leads to how they treat other people. Um, specifically, they both get married, and it basically treats his wife as like a baby machine, quite literally. Uh, like, isn't at one point he just like divorced? Like, one of the reasons he divorces her is because like she won't have another kid. Well, she 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 told him that she'd have another kid with him if he could commit to supporting it. And then the and very then next just... scene is them getting divorced. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least Innes paid child support, you know, and at least seemed to have like a decent relationship with his oldest daughter. I mean, daughter. did he? Yeah, I thought so that was kind him. of like part of the the whole exchange at the end is that like they kind of had like. <sighs> I wouldn't say a strained relationship, but did he really have like a good relationship with his daughter? Because when she walks, when she goes up to his trailer, like he doesn't even know who she's dating. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm okay. So let's get in. <laughs> she okay, obviously so turned some, out some a lot like him because yeah, she, she hardly we, speaks. Let, at let's all give either. some let's give some context <laughs> to this because I think it's kind of important uh, for. So first of all, we need to establish that this is a gay movie that is directed by a straight man based off a short story by a straight woman who regrets writing it. Um, And the two main actors are presumably straight people, straight men. Um, So uh, in the final scenes, uh, after we learn that... uh, that Toby Maguire's character has died. Toby um, Maguire. Ennis go. Yep. So we learned that uh, Ennis goes. That's not Toby Maguire. That Ennis... Yes, it is. No, um, it's not. Did you did you read Nato's like a little question thing you sent us? I might have skimmed that... it. Oh, moving yeah. on. Moving on. Anyway, so. Um, Anyway, uh, so Toby, so Toby McGuire's parents uh, let Ennis have a shirt that was hidden in his closet, and Ennis takes a shirt back with him and lives in a trailer. And his daughter comes to come see him. Um, the most common reading of this is that because Ennis has lost his partner, the one person that he loves, because of his his inability to. Because there were chances before this where he had the opportunity to like live on a farm with him and stuff like that, uh, and like have like a life together, but he kind of like didn't commit to it, much like he didn't commit to his wife. <laughs> but then should, um, and so he kind of lost down this. So the most popular reading that I've seen for sort of the ending of this movie is that Ennis is kind of stuck in this moment of time. That's why he keeps the shirt, sort of like perfectly kept so when his daughter comes and is like hey i'm getting married stuff like this and he asks her you know stuff like if she's happy because he doesn't want her to end up like him if she actually likes this guy and what this guy does and all that stuff uh it's kind of implied that the reason he doesn't know who she's dating is because he's kind of stuck uh from guilt Mm, fair enough that's just the most popular reading. This this movie has a lot of like you know you can just read through. 
it's basically make your own <laughs> reasoning the movie in a way because yeah. there's not a lot of dialogue there's not a lot of explanation so you can basically explain away anything you yeah. want the reason yeah. uh, Anne Hathaway takes off her shirt uh, when they're having sex is because she actually has a skin disease where her nipples will fly off. I thought that they were just going for and that. I, start, if she doesn't hear about it at least twice a day, dick. they just fall off. I See, my interpretation of that was that they were going for that Academy Award winning Kate Winslet and the car and Titanic moment. Yeah. <laughs> this movie did win a lot of, uh, a lot of awards. Um, do you think they were that this movie deserves the acclaim it has? Mm, I think this this movie is groundbreaking in that it was a Oscar bait and also gay. Did this deserve to be the gay Oscar bait that we got? Probably not. No. I would have preferred something with a much lighter tone that doesn't focus so much on like loneliness and gay angst and you know all but I'm those... a cheerleader would have been a great Oscar bid for a game. Oh my god, could Academy you imagine if they had made but I'm a cheerleader in like that Oscar bait style? Like oh my a- god. A twenty four like <laughs> the lobster <laughs> like... <laughs> Even this, even though this movie was Oscar bait, do you think that was the main audience? Like, who do you think the audience for this film? Straight was? white. Um, surprise, straight white people. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this but, yeah, movie. I mean, this movie was meant to shock to, straight white people into seeing a gay movie. Yeah, I mean, I think. Or make straight white people feel good about themselves yes, for seeing a gay yes. movie. This is like Green Book. Yes, yes. Like it's a movie people. made about. It's a movie made about people that are either not straight or not white, specifically for straight white people. Yeah. I agree with that. This movie was made specifically for the moment when some straight white conservative person goes in with their spouse, uh, assuming that this is going to be a wholesome movie about cowboys, and then you know Heath Ledger. But fucks Toby Gillenhall. <laughs> well, and like if you think about it, this is and kind then of like... you're like, "What is this? I had no idea this movie was gonna be gay." This is like to me, like this movie reads very much like exactly what it is, which is what I think cisgendered straight white people think happens to gay people that are not living their truth. Because, like, right. you have, like, a surface-level understanding of, like, not living your truth ends up in misery, obviously, right? But Like, like lesbians haven't been ranching in Wyoming for, like, decades yeah. now. Yeah, but, like, aside from that, like, there's no, like, deeper nuance to, like, that actual queer experience. That's That's just not there. Like, I don't... There's not, like, that internal kind of monologue. There's no, like, internal struggle from what we were seeing, like... I mean, I guess there's, like, a little bit of that, but it's oh, not, the, like... There was internal struggle, because they did not use lube. Oh. <laughs> That's an external struggle turned internal. Oh, God! And hopefully not external again. 
Oh, like a why. They did eat a lot of beans. So they many ate beans. So many beans. <laughs> I like how in our notes all three this is of like us. like going to Taco Bell before you bought them. I like them. how in our notes uh. all three of us had feelings during that scene. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Have you This is uh I don't want to ask this question, but I want to ask this question. So, like I was I was um I went on a date like about a week ago and we went to Taco Bell and then he asked to eat me out and I was like you're not going to enjoy it. Um, and I feel like that's <laughs> so hmm. many beans. I'm just gonna get. <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, do you think this movie? Because it's been it's been a, this was in theaters when I was in yeah. high school. I think I think this like, was like our senior year, of early high school. high school, or something like that. When did this come out? This movie came out like sophomore or junior. This movie came out in two thousand five. Oh yeah, so it would have been so yeah, sophomore year. Sophomore, I think. Wow, I was young Um, in two thousand five. What are y'all talking about? (laughs) You weren't even born in two thousand five. (laughs) Yep. Do you think that this movie? Do you think because this movie was very important at the time because. Uh, for better or for worse, a lot of like queer media st- like stayed underneath the line of what broke through to mainstream. This was one of the first like big media uh, uh, like piece, one of the first big pieces of media to really break through and become a talking point. It was like you know, Will and Grace, except people you know were giving it a claim. Ouch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do you think that this movie in hindsight is as uh important and relevant now as it was or has it become more of like a footnote i think it's gonna be a footnote to be perfectly honest um i just like i like it is what it is right it's you know an oscar bid movie that you know used a gay relationship, like a hidden secret gay relationship as it's Oscar bid. Uh, I don't think it speaks to the actual queer community well enough to, you know, stand the test of time. (laughs) Um, yeah. And I don't, I don't think, I think also as a society for the most part, except for, you know, like the really, really extra staunch Republicans, like we've kind of moved away from being shocked by gay relationships. You know, right. it's not it's not like a pearl clutching, like steady yourself on the on the table type of situation anymore for most people. No. There's a lot so, more nuance now that goes yeah. into discussion about queer relationships and queer experiences in media. How do you think this movie would have been different had it had more uh, queer voices for the head of creative? Mm. And do you think it would have been 
as much of sort of a milestone as it was. I feel like... Okay, if there were queer people in charge of this movie, there probably would have been more explicit use of queer terms. Mm -hmm. Other than just, you know, two guys, you know, hugging and sometimes kissing and sometimes fucking. And then, you know, all this vague (laughs) conversation about, you know, guys like us or whatever. Um, I feel like they probably would have pushed the script a bit more mm-hmm. to to use words like gay or homosexual to like actually force the audience to really examine what it is that the subject of the movie is you know what i mean yeah i, I just also- see i just see the boss saying I just see the boss saying to them, we don't hire two guys, one bean can. <laughs> I um, Sorry, I also <laughs> think that had there been more queer people at the helm of this film, the relationships with the spouses would have been a lot more nuanced and kind of different. Um, because again, it was just like that very surface level, like, okay, yes, obviously the wives suspect that you know, they're, there's somebody else or whatever, right? But, like, I don't know. I just, I don't think there was a lot of nuance there. There wasn't, like, anything, like, deeper beyond that. It was all just a very surface level, like, oh, you go out fishing with your buddy a lot up there. Don't you need to make sales? Like, you know, I think, I think it might have maybe touched on, like, how torturous that kind of constant having to you know go home to a wife every night when it's not ennis or whatever would have been on a personal level with jack right to see toby mcguire like doing anne hathaway and going oh ennis i mean (laughs) anne hathaway (laughs) ennis i mean anne hathaway yeah (laughs) um (laughs) also like i get that that sort of gay trauma porn plot line is really of the time but i feel like had there been some queer people on the creative team there would at least have been a concerted effort to try and steer away from that there would have been stuff to lighten the mood for sure to clarify, there were queer people in the creative. It's just the majority of the people in the creative for this movie, to my knowledge, uh, were heterosexual. Um, just for clarification. Yeah. Although now I do want to see like a movie made completely by straight people that uh, focused on it, uh, uh, gay people and see how that turns out. Like, no, not even like any... Cl- closeted actors. Wait, you mean Just... Stonewall, the movie? <laughs> um, the director of Stonewall is gay. <laughs> no, he's not. Shut up. <laughs> you, you can't make me believe that. <laughs> uh, speaking of Stonewall, um, we talked a little bit uh, about Heath Ledger. Uh, I think we're all in agreement. Great performance. Uh, 
by a great actor that uh, was taken from us way too soon. Let's talk about Tobey Maguire, um, who used his alter ego, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, that he brings out every time he wants to do an indie movie. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, no, no, no. I I want you to seriously think about this. Like, if Tobey Maguire himself appeared in Donnie Darko, what would really change about the performance? I hate this. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing. Nothing would change at all. If he he signed his name as Jake Gyllenhaal for Spider-Man... Nothing would change, and, and in fact, at one point when when uh, Tobey Maguire was trying to get more money for the Spider-Man franchise, they almost replaced him with himself under the name Jake Gyllenhaal. I hate this. <laughs> so, what do we think of Tobey Maguire's performance in this? Um, if Ennis brought like Xanax energy to this movie. Then at least in the beginning, Jack Twist brought real, like, cocaine vibes. <laughs> he was a good fuckboy. He was a great fuckboy. He, he really was. He had, he has, like, the fuckboy face, you know? Like, excitable by everything. And by excitable, I mean he's he can get a boner, like... At the snap of snapping. a finger. <laughs> Or the opening of a bean can. (laughs) How Pavlovian, oh my god. (laughs) I think think Tobey Maguire did a a decent job in this this film. Uh, I think that he was a good contrast to Ledger and they complimented each other. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I actually really like most of the casting in this movie. Um, and, like... I forgot it. <laughs> the failings of this movie have almost nothing to do with the cast, honestly. Yeah. I completely forgot Anne Hathaway was in this. I was writing my notes during it. It's like, man, I wish someone... This 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 movie's gotten really boring. I wish someone like Anne Hathaway would show up. And then, and then she did. The movie gods heard... M- my plea, like decades after this movie was oh, released, yeah. and, put, and Hathaway in this. Like, I had I had watched this movie before when I was in high school, which would have been about when I watched this movie. It would have been about four or five years after it was released. Um, I remember watching I, it. I remember watching it this time and seeing Anne Hathaway and being like, "Oh yeah." Anne Hathaway's in this. Oh, yeah. Anne Hathaway's titties are in this. <laughs> I had a I had a, a, a sex and art class in col- my freshman year of college um, because where I grew up, the movie was kind of like soft band. So, like, some of the old ladies from church would, like, go and protest oh, it yeah. in, like, the local They theater. straight up couldn't so show it. didn't want to show up. Right. So, um, I didn't get to see it until like my fresh until like two thousand seven, uh, and uh, we we were gonna watch it in the class. And the second gay kid 
in the class refused to watch it <laughs> because he called it uh let's see what were i'm i'm gonna have to paraphrase because i don't remember the exact words but a heterosexual bastardization of queer culture that's amazing i love that kid. um <laughs> And so he refused to watch it or take part in the discussion, even though, like, our teacher, like, one of our three teachers, because we had, like, a rotation, uh, was a lesbian priest in the Catholic Church. Bless her. Or, wait, no. Was it Catholic? It was one of the churches. Uh, yeah, She's women priest cannot be priests in the Catholic Church. Only nuns. Okay. It, it was a different church. And all the nuns are lesbians, they, all... so let's be honest. I know. I was, uh, that's... I'll have none of that. <laughs> I wanted I wanted to be a nun when I was in elementary school, and I think that should have been a huge hint that I was not straight. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Oh, I can go and be but... hidden away in the hills of Switzerland somewhere, singing with Julie Andrews and all her nun friends. Sign and up. never have to deal with another man ever. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that this movie has the, or I guess um, had or has the potential to change someone's mind about specifically gay people since it's focused on gay, uh, a gay couple? You know, I really um, don't think this is that kind of movie. Yeah, I don't I, think so I either. honestly don't. Um, this this movie, I think, was made in particular to sensationalize homosexuality and to, yeah. like, to, like, kind of blast it into the mainstream. I don't think this is the kind of movie that was made to really drive in the whole... Uh, gay people, we're just like you, kind of message. Uh, it really doesn't seem like we that can kind have of movie. children just like it, you. It seems more to me like, uh, like, like an introspective look at like helplessness and unhappiness. Yeah. Like. Just to the, me, like the, all the all the gay stuff kind of comes secondary. Like to me, the movie, like the movie is really about the mood. Yeah, I can definitely see how people, especially when it came out, uh, and considering like who like who made it and stuff like that i can absolutely see people seeing this as sort of being exploitative of gay culture um but i guess the real question that i really haven't heard asked that you kind of brought up is this really a gay movie Mm, in as much as it's about gay people sure um but like i said to me it's less about that and it's more about the mood uh it's more about a man trying to keep himself away from what he wants and honestly if you replaced ennis and jack with a heterosexual couple and two people that were just married to you know 
other heterosexual people that they were not as into as the people that they're actually into it would be the same movie. Like, I don't... I don't know if it would be set in Wyoming and... I don't know if they would use fishing trips as an excuse to see each other. You're right. You're but... right. Business trip this time. Yeah, it 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 would have been it would have been slightly different, but not that much would have changed. Yeah. I feel like the benefits of having this be a gay movie is re- really comes down to the setting, and it really comes down to the tone. Mm-hmm. And. And you other than the, that, it could have been about anybody. Yeah. Do you think that the sense of loneliness, because um, like, let's. Sorry, the giant Psyduck that my friends gave me keeps looking at me. Um. So, I want to kind of look at this through sort of like the time frame. It's two thousand five gay marriage is still far away i i think that there's still don't ask don't tell because i'm bad at like you know there's um i believe you're correct there's still a lot of discrimination and the majority of americans aren't really supportive of sort of equal rights for gay people or like just aren't informed Um, and just you know, just didn't really don't don't see them as you know. They see them as you know perverts and deviants and stuff like that. Um, and this movie comes out about gay cowboys, and it's you know the elite, you know Hollywood and everything embraces it. It's you know seen as like a masterpiece. It gets all these awards and stuff like that. And it's really more of, like, an exploration of sort of loneliness and loss and missing out on things, missing out on, like, uh, you know, entire lives that you just don't take and it's too late uh, to really fix that. Um, You can't, like, you can't go back in a way. Do you think that for the time and for the community, that message resonated more with uh, queer individuals than it would with more traditional heterosexual uh, viewers? Or do you think that it's sort of like even uh, with like how it would hit? I don't really know. I think that you could you could definitely see I think that at least a portion of gay people would kind of get the vibe where um I don't know. When you're gay and in the closet and you don't know of anybody else in your immediate vicinity that is like you, it can very much feel in a way like B 
being stuck on a mountain uh, in the middle of a herd of sheep with <laughs> nobody but your cowboy friends beside be- you. <laughs> and a lot of beans. And a lot of beans. Oh. I think there, there's, something, there's something about the vibe that I think could hit home. But you'd have to... You'd have to really kind of dig in and, like, think about it to end up at that sort of reading. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mentioned before that the author regrets this story. um, And that regret happened after the film was released. Would y'all like to know more? Yes, please. Uh, so she feels the film increased misreadings of her story with fans trying to revise or quote unquote improve the story, including it ending with J- Ennis and Jack together. Um, so this is actually something that we haven't really been able to like discuss because it hasn't been a thing, but uh, with the ideas of sort of death of the author, do you think that the author in this case her regret for writing it should be accounted for when it comes to people uh interpreting the story in their own way Mm. like how we've been reading into it a lot (laughs) Uh, i mean oh sorry go ahead no you go ahead i answered last time you go ahead i was just gonna say like i think when you are creating a piece of art, right? Written story, painting, movie, whatever. You are putting something out into the world that is going to be interpreted by lots of people in lots of different ways. Um, I, I think that's just something that goes along with writing a story. Like, I, yeah. I mean, fan fiction, like, there's literally just fan fiction for almost everything on the internet. Rule 34? That's porn, but yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, (laughs) what's the difference? At the same time, I really honestly don't see a world in which Jack and Ennis end up together. No, definitely not. Honestly, honestly, because Ennis is so determined to be unhappy. Yeah. That he's not going to take any action that really opens his future up to any sort of contentment. I think even if Ennis and Jack lived in 2021 in San Francisco, uh, and that's where they met, and that's where they started their relationship, Ennis would still find a way to make sure they didn't end up together. Honestly, and if they did end up together, their relationship would be just as shitty as Ennis and Alma's or Jack and Lorraine's. Um, Just because that's the kind of person that Ennis is. He's really kind of geared towards being alone. I think Ennis also just doesn't 
really... How do I put this? Uh, Innis doesn't really... He's not really forward-thinking. No, not at all. He doesn't, he doesn't really try and figure out where his future is going. He just kind of goes with it, which some people could be like, oh, he's just like, you know, James Dean, devil-may-care type, and he just, like, goes with the wind. Um, and, like, that bites him in the ass multiple times <laughs> because it's like, uh, he just doesn't think ahead. That's why he gets caught kissing is because he just can't wait like five minutes when they're in the damn car on the way to like the motel where no one can see. <laughs> That's also why he gets um, the shit kicked out of him after trying to attack that truck driver. <laughs> yeah, he's just so in his like, own head and like in his own feelings that he can't like he can't externalize it all. And meanwhile, Toby Maguire is preparing so for externalized. The great <laughs> and, and like Toby Maguire is just like, you know, just so suave. He's like literally uh, a used tractor salesman. <laughs> um, in a way, uh, like he can pick up anyone and kind of do anything because he has the charisma for it. But he also, like, he's the one who plans out their uh -huh. trips. Uh, you know, the only thing he can't seem to figure out is where his damn poncho is. is. Quit Heath Ledger? Uh, or that. <laughs> How did, I'm sure the he could only out deal. If, if he was given uh, a, a tractor salesman in Texas. <laughs> And the only deal he couldn't seal was with his boyfriend in Wyoming. <laughs> Alright, well, um, let's get along, little doggy, and hogtie this bull. Uh, okay. <laughs> Unless there's anything else y'all want to talk Did you talk ever go about. to a rodeo, Nito? <laughs> <laughs> have either of y'all ever I been didn't... to a rodeo uh yes i fucking love I the would... houston rodeo thank you very much okay 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 good 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 <laughs> i went to a state fair and won a goldfish that died Fine. his name was dead Ills. <laughs> um so amelia did this movie make you want to find your true love in the mountains or use beans for lube? No. I never. Beans, beans, never, and beans. ever <laughs> musical thought lube. Thought I would say. Well, I don't know. Actually, I'm somewhere in between. Cause, like, on the one hand, would I watch this movie again? Probably not. Um. Yeah, probably beans for lube sentence i never thought i would utter out of my two mouth lips ro is this movie anne hathaway's perfect magical nipples that heal all that ails or do you want to know how this movie cost 14 million dollars to make <laughs> okay um i will say this 
I'm happy that I watched this movie again. It is an objectively beautiful movie. Like, they get all the nature shots. Mm-hmm. The soundtrack really sets a mood. Am I going to watch it again in the near future? No. In the far future? Probably not. Uh, should you watch this movie? Yeah. Go ahead. Anyway, that's what we think. But if you've seen this movie or are watching it later, we'd love to hear your thoughts and your experience with it. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at GayEcapod. That's G-A-Y-E-C-A-P-O-D. While you're there, why not suggest a movie for us to watch in the future? We're always looking for new suggestions. We can't wait to experience more movies with you. I'm Nito Kitsch, reminding you that... Fuck. Okay, fuck. Look. Um... These these bean cans clearly were two <laughs> servings each. Itis is being a gluttonous piece of shit, cooking two cans per meal. No wonder they're always out of beans, and they have to fucking illegally kill an elk. It, it's suggested serving size for a fucking reason, okay? And there are starving, starving gays in Houston who would love to have those beans, let me tell you. And... A fucking budget? We'll see you next time. Later. <laughs>